many Christians, probably all Christians at times, go through ebbs and flows in their faith. And at times we suffer from doubt and uncertainty. Today's theme is all about dealing with doubt and Pastor Steen's going to talk to us about that. But first of all, I want to read the Bible reading for today. Bible reading features a very interesting man, John the Baptist. One of the most strange men in the Bible in some ways. You know, this guy who dressed in furs and, uh, and animal skins and ate honey and locusts and spent a lot of time by himself in the desert, but then was followed by crowds who just uh, sought after him to hear his message. This man was a prophet of God, a special prophet of God sent to point the crowds that were following him to Jesus, the real Messiah. I want to read a passage that talks about some interesting interactions between Jesus, who was actually incidentally a cousin of John. I don't know if you knew that, but they interacted. And there's an interesting passage that talks about one of those interactions between the two of them. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is come is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. As Chris has just said, our text this morning is that passage from Matthew 11. Let me just read to you again the first couple of verses. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing... He sent word by his disciples and said, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, speak to us once again this morning through the words of your servant, John. Call us to account, but deliver us also through the good news of Jesus that we may live as your servants in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Have you ever woken in the middle of the night in a cold sweat? Yeah. You know, you're gripped by the darkness and somehow fear overtakes you and, and somehow at three o'clock in the morning things always seem worse. Things always seem more disastrous. The issues you face are too big for you. The blackness swallows your hope and drowns it. You're scared, maybe even terrified. There seems to be no escape. Maybe you made some wrong decisions. Maybe you just got it wrong. John the Baptist is in such a hole. Except that he can't turn on the light and make it go away. Because morning after morning, the night's fears remain. He's in jail. He can't escape. John has done his work out in the wilderness. He called them to repent, that is to turn away from their sins and to turn to God, and yet people came in great numbers. But he also pointed them to one who was greater than he was, who would baptise with the Holy Spirit and not just with water. And he recognised that Jesus was the one when Jesus also came to be baptised by him. Now he sits in prison and he begins to doubt. Could he have got it all wrong? Really? Maybe, we don't really know, but maybe he had expectations that Jesus would simply blow his enemies away. John, after all, had spoken of the power of the Messiah and the fact that he would come with the Holy Spirit. Why? Why was the Messiah not using his power to rescue John? Why is John's life in danger? It's easy to see why John might have begun to doubt. And so he asks his disciples to go to Jesus and say, are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? And Jesus responds with an indirect kind of answer. He doesn't say yes or no as such, but he simply says, tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the poor have good news brought to them. And then Jesus concludes by saying, blessed is he who takes no offence in me. That is one who doesn't stumble over him, but welcomes his ministry and mission. Jesus then talks to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at, he asks. A reed shaken by the wind? <laughs> Surely not. John wasn't blown about by opinions. He was unshakable in his convictions. Well, at least till he got to jail. And he didn't bend to applause or to disapproval. So, somebody dressed in fine clothes and soft robes? <laughs> Surely not. John wasn't into pampering himself 
or anybody else for that matter, a prophet perhaps, absolutely, but one more than a prophet, the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets, the one who prepared the way for the Messiah. As we listen to John, we get some important reminders, some things that we also need to hear, even all these years later. Firstly, we're reminded that God hasn't gone soft on sin, right? John, as a prophet, was uncompromising. Can you imagine being in a lift with John the Baptist when it happens that the lift just stalls between floors and it won't move and you can't get out? What are you going to talk about? You know, John only really has one topic of conversation and it begins with the word snake. Right? What are you going to discuss? John reminds us that God hasn't gone soft on sin. The light of God's law shines into our lives and exposes us for exactly who we are. There's nowhere to hide. One of the great things about scripture is it gives us words to describe what we know to be true about ourselves. We know that we're judged, we're guilty. We can't plead for justice. We have to plead for mercy. (laughs) Because justice is not going to be very pleasant. So John reminds us that God hasn't gone soft on sin. But then he also has a second part to that message, and that is that Jesus is the one who deals with sin. The one coming after John is greater than he is, and he brings a stronger word. The word of forgiveness is stronger than the word of judgment and condemnation. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire that burns away our sin and failure. He makes us God's children and gathers us into his father's house. So as we listen to John, he points to the one who heals all our pain and all our sorrow, and that word is stronger. Sometimes Christians hear the word of the law so strongly that that seems to be it, and it condemns us we need to remember that there's always a stronger word and it's never a competition. If you understand, if you go into a dark room in the middle of the night and hit the light switch, what happens? Is there a battle between light and darkness and eventually light wins? No. The light just comes on. In the same way, Jesus deals with sin and the word of forgiveness is God's final word to us. He doesn't say you're forgiven. Now, here's a whole lot of other things that I need you to now do, and if you don't do them, you're going to be in big trouble. The word of forgiveness is God's final word to us. Thirdly, John reminds us... John reminds us how we should deal with doubt, and that's the point that I really want to make to you this morning. 
John is sitting in sin's dark prison, as it were. John is there in despair. The prophet has the prophet's earthly reward. There's a reason why many prophets in the Old Testament were kind of reluctant when they got the call to be prophets because they knew that the outcome was mostly not pretty good in this world, right? They knew that there was a price to pay. Prophets generally had to pay their own bills, as it were. And so John sits rejected, condemned and lonely. No room here for sort of some sort of popular euphoria, you know, God bless Australia. Um, you know, next year we're going to convert the whole world or whatever it may be. But sin and selfishness is ruthlessly exposed. And how we human beings like to see the prophets fall. You know, it kind of makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves, doesn't it? If they stumble in some way or other, uh, even if they are tele-evangelists that we'd never watched, and that's not in any way to justice what, justify what some of them have done. But here, to get back to John, his prospects are bleak, are bleak aren't they? You know, his job is done. His day is over. He's in one of the prisons of life as well as the physical prison. The dark night of the soul, as others have described it. And here it's easy to doubt God's love and God's power. And we, of course, know how the story ends, don't we? That John's earthly pilgrimage will soon be finished. His head worth no more than the passing sensuality of a young woman's immodest dance and how unfair that is. And so, as John sits in prison, he's overwhelmed by doubt. But he does the one thing that he can do. He takes it to Jesus. Right? He sends his disciples to Jesus and says, are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? That's putting John's doubt succinctly and in a nutshell, as it were. It's important to understand that doubt is not unbelief. Huh? In fact, to doubt, you have to believe. If you don't believe, you can't doubt. That's just then unbelief. So doubt is not unbelief. In fact, I guess I'm most worried about those who seem to think that they never have any doubts, right? that they never have any questions, that there's never anything that at any time they feel unsure about because I believe. Much better to focus and to anchor our lives in what God has done for us rather than even our own faith, our own belief. The devil whispers doubt into our ears. And the only thing we can do is the same thing that John did. We go to Jesus and we bring it to him. In the words of the old hymn, take it to the Lord in prayer. 
We can also ask others to pray for us, especially if we're finding it a bit difficult to pray. I don't know if you've experienced that, but sometimes we find ourselves in that sort of hole as well. And we are reassured by the fact that even if we can't find the words, the Holy Spirit is constantly bringing our needs to the throne of God even as the Spirit strengthens our faith and uses everything in our lives to bring us closer to Jesus. I'm sure as you look back on your life, and most of us here this morning got a few years to look back on, as you look back on your life, you will have experienced times of pain and suffering and loss, times when God didn't seem to make sense, when God seemed to be silent, that if if you like, like he'd gone away and gone on holidays or something and he just wasn't there, you know, he wasn't answering his email, he wasn't picking up his phone. God had gone. And so doubts begin to unsettle our minds. It's in times like that that we need to remember John the Baptist. We need to listen to him and follow his example and let him remind us to send to Jesus. Let us remind us, let him remind us to go to the only one who can help, to Jesus himself, the one whom we trust even when we don't understand, even when life seems to make no sense. Because John always refers us to Jesus. In fact, That was his role, to point to Jesus. He prepared the way. Yes, he reminds us of the seriousness of sin and that we can do nothing to save ourselves. But he also directs us to the one who's more powerful than he is so that we might live. The one who cried out in anguish on a cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? so that we might never be forsaken, even when it feels like we are. So in good times and bad, listen to John. When fears and doubts overwhelm you, remember that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for John the Baptist. Lord, his life was often hard and he found it difficult at times, suffered from all the normal human frailties and weaknesses and yet he spoke a word that speaks to us on your behalf even today. So we thank you for John. Help us, Lord, when things are dark and we can't seem to see any light. Help us to do what John did and simply bring it to your son, Jesus, that he may also reassure us again that we are forgiven and safe in his hands. In his name we pray. Amen.